Hello and welcome back to What's New With Mead. We're in episode 66 and at this point I would normally introduce somebody and say, today my guest is, but it's just me. It's literally just me today. And um, I'm doing this in a, uh, not a callback I would say, but I was looking back at the podcast, the past 65 episodes and the, the previous 40 essentially all had guests, which nothing against that. In fact, I much prefer to have guests on this podcast because it's more fun to talk to people than just to talk to a camera often. But I also saw the the first 24-ish and um, you know, I was I was kind of solo. And there's nothing wrong either direction. In fact, I think some people are going to prefer the solo side. Some people are going to prefer the interviews. Don't worry. Interviews will be back soon. I've already lined up some new guests, and I'm very excited for that. But today, we're going to chat about 2023, about some things I've learned in the 2023 mead-making season, including some stats I'll tell you about that are kind of wild, honestly, and uh, I'm, I'm excited just to talk to you. So I hope you'll um, stick around because I've learned a lot this year. And before we go too crazy, I need to open some mead. Not that you care. I don't, oh, I don't want to make this all about what I'm drinking. I said, uh-oh, because there's a slight hiss on this bottle. My black cherry and black lime mead has suddenly become carbonated and it should not have been. I guess I have a cherry limeade of sorts now. Exciting. Okay, so <clears throat> to dispel my my viewers who are on YouTube, yes, it looks like I got hit by a, a cat, hit by a cat, scratched by a cat or dog or something. Um, in my very low IQ brain, I had a pole saw yesterday and I was chopping down a limb and literally like right above me. And like a doofus, I just, I was like, oh, we'll chop it down. And it came down and hit me in the face. So I've actually, uh, it's been a hindrance because I'm on break right now from, from teaching because it's, you know, the holidays and I would normally be recording a lot of stuff. So now I have this wonderful gash, not that you care. Anyways, we had a fantastic year and I say we, because this channel is not just me. Um, it is 100% the community that is surrounding man-made mead. You guys inspired me to do more with mead making, you with challenges, with tests, with recipes, with literally every single element you can think of. And so I'm really excited to, to um, continue next year, but also reflect on this year and you know what happened, what went down. So let's go ahead and talk about some stats. I know a lot of you are like, well, what does he mean? Stats on things. I made, this year I made a 67 different batches of mead. Now, I categorize a batch of mead as a singular flavor element, stuff like that. I do a lot of tests where it's like, um, you know, like if I did a pumpkin blossom honey, it kind of hit or miss on whether or not I count that, like, the, the traditional, and then I would always pair it with another flavor. If I count those as two different meads, every once in a while I would, I would say this is the traditional, it's batch, whatever. And then the um, spiced version or whatever other thing I did would be the second one. So there are some doubles down there and I'm not going to go through all that because there's a lot, but um, 67 batches of mead, which is a pretty wild number. 
we used over 400 pounds of honey this year, which is also insane, seeing as how much... I mean, I'm looking at two buckets right now of, of 120 pounds of honey, which less because I've used some, but using three and a half times that is crazy. I also used a ton of different kinds of honey this year, which was super fun. One of my favorite things has been experimenting with all of these kinds of honey. There are literally hundreds of kinds of honey in the whole universe, and I've not used them all, let me be clear, but I have experimented with a lot of different kinds of honey. So my recommendation, if you're listening to this, is go and get some new honey. Get the wildflower that's local to you. Get the clover that's local to you. Get the whatever you got local, but then find something that's not local because it is so fun to see what this weird kind of honey from another place in the world tastes like. Sometimes it's like super accurate to what it is. Um, although I will say there's a, a president with that that is, if, if it's like a fruited honey, like you buy raspberry blossom honey, do not expect for it to taste like you bit into a raspberry because that's not how it works. You'll get hints of these flavors, but not the full thing. So just, just know that I don't want you to run and buy a bunch of expensive honey and go, yes, I'm going to make raspberry honey mead and it's going to taste like raspberries. Maybe a little bit, but like not completely. So just to hopefully keep you from being disappointed when you buy an expensive honey. I used a ton of honey. I learned a lot about, um, well, for lack of a better term, post-process mead making. Um, <clears throat> what's, what am I trying to say? Post-process mead making fixing. I don't know how to best phrase that. But there's a lot of times where I'll make a mead. It'll come out of primary fermentation. And then you're stuck with something. And you go, well, crap. I have this brew. It's like 60% of the way there, but it, it needs that 40 for it to get to the hundred percent where you're like, I'm ready to go give this away or send it to a competition. You got to do some post-processing like adding more tannin, like oaking, like back sweetening, acid balance, um, flavor balancing. For example, I made a peach pie mead and I use so much peach, like actual real fruit in the primary. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get this super rich and, and strong peach flavor from this. And it fermented out and the peach flavor was like zapped. Now it was still there, but I was left with this thing going, I need more peach flavor. So then I had to learn, okay, what can I use to pronounce peach flavor? So then I found some peach nectar, yada, yada. Anyways, finding out how to fix problems when you run into them was like the name of the game this year. And I, I'm not going to say that I perfected it because I'm nowhere near that. But the, the recipes that I developed, I think I learned how to fix those flavors in post. And that's an important skill because fermentation, as we know, can be fickle. Your yeast might not be very happy. They might give out. They might put off a fusel. And then you're stuck having to figure out how to get rid of the fusel. They might ferment and zap all the flavor out of your honey, out of your fruit. And then you have to figure out how to fix that. Regardless of the situation, the, the uh, experience of fixing the flavor problems, I'll say, 
is uh, very helpful. So I learned a lot about that this year. And I had a lot of fun through the experience of making mistakes, but then also like having those successes and going, oh, that's what that does. So anyways, that was a super, super fun thing for me. A challenging thing, very frustrating, expensive at times, uh, I'm not going to lie, but super fun nonetheless. Ooh, oh my gosh. Sorry, I took a sip of my black cherry and black lime, partially carbonated at this point, and it's pretty dang good. Mmm. Okay, that's probably on the list to make again in the future. Five and a half percent too, so very crushable. So we, like looking at the channel, I talked about these numbers, 400 pounds, or sorry, four, yeah, 400 pounds of honey, 300 gallons of mead. I started at mead or brew, I'll say, number, what's the first one? I, I keep a grandmaster list, a Google sheet of everything I do, and I've actually shared it with my patrons and my YouTube members where you can keep track of what I'm doing, and I just actively update it every single step for every brew. So if you want to see what I'm doing um, currently to the day, you can go and find that on my Patreon. You have to be a member or a YouTube member. So either way, links in the description. But if you want to do that, I started on brew number 280 and I ended, and I say ended because I don't plan on doing more before the year ends, at 354. So is my math right? 67? Yeah. Um, I had some beers in there. Anyways, a ton of brewing. 300 past 350 brews at this point. And I will continue to reiterate this. I am by no means a professional. So when you take my advice, know that it is from personal experience. I have done lots of testing of things with yeast, with fruit, with AB testing. So I hope that those are reputable but there's still some personal experience involved in that. And you might find a different result. So I encourage you, when you see a test that I've done, do not sit here and say, well, he's saying that this is the end all be all, his opinion is it. That's not true. In fact, I want you to go and test. I want you to go and try these things yourself so you can experience the differences between them. So with all that testing done, um, in some this year, I don't know that I did as much testing this year as I did last year. My biggest one of the whole year was my 20 yeast versus a traditional mead test. And that one was huge because it took a ton of time, 20 different yeasts and a half gallon with the proper nutrition, with the proper temperature range, um, with a year of aging. I literally did not taste them until a year. There was so much going on for that test, but it was super fun, very um, involved, and I had 19 different taste testers for that, so it's kind of fun. I'm going to uh, segment out a little YouTube portion as far as reaction to things and, um, you know, all that, but anyways, that test was really fun. You should go check it out if you were interested on what different yeasts do. I spent a lot of time typing out notes and the notes are available to you in the description of that video that tells you every flavor profile of the 20 yeast I used, um, every ABV range, yeast tolerance, their nutritional needs, just the specs of them in general. So you can find all of that 
on the video if you're interested. Very helpful, hopefully very helpful to you. Amongst all of those tests, I tried to spend a lot of time developing recipes and investing time in, uh, I'm not going to say I didn't invest time previously in recipes, but I tried to spend more, well, have more iterations of a recipe before I fully posted it. Now, there's still a lot that are kind of experimental, and that's okay. I think a lot of people subscribe to my channel for just seeing results, and then they take the results, and then they go and run off and do their own thing, which is fine. Go ahead and make take my recipe as an inspiration, and then do something else with it. Now, there are some recipes that I've done five, six, seven, eight plus times that I hope you will take that recipe and go, this is a tried and true one. I'm going to try and stick to it. For example, the apple cinnamon, one that has done really well in personal like friends, but then also in competitions and things. That one is pretty set in stone. I would encourage you to follow it pretty exactly. Now, you can play around a little bit, but the moment you start to change a ton of ratios or change the, the kind of whatever you're doing there, it doesn't necessarily become the same recipe. So if you want to stay true to what I've made with that, follow those recipes. But also, feel inspired to make your own mead in your own way. You'd be shocked how um, creative you can be and how much maybe better you can make it than me. In truth, I, I know that my recipe is mine and it, it is how I like it. However, that doesn't mean it's the best. In fact, you can probably go and make it better than me. So I hope you will go and uh, experiment with that a little bit. I also encourage you to invest in ingredients. One of my big things that I realized this year, I, re I you know, six years in, I shouldn't be realizing this, but ingredients are, are beyond key to the game. I've known that for a while, but I also, I'd, I'd be okay with using, um, let's say a cheaper honey sometimes in a traditional mead. Or I would be okay with some low quality fruit in this specific fruit mead. And not to say you can't have a good result, but quality ingredients will change the way this works and the way your brew uh, performs. We all have the aspiration to make a quality brew for your friends, and that starts with quality ingredients. So just as you're troubleshooting, what happened? Why, why didn't my brew maybe not turn out as well as I wanted? In truth, it could be that the ingredients you used weren't as high quality. For example, I have a $12 cheap mead recipe. I think the video will probably be out by the time this is out. It used a pretty low quality honey. Very detectable when you side by side it, side by side it with a nicer quality honey. One that came from a more reputable source, I'll say not necessarily grocery store bought, you're going to find a better flavor profile coming from the not store-bought honey that is from a nicer source than the one that is coming from the store-bought. If you buy Walmart store-bought honey, Sam's, Costco, um, I mean, you name the, the grocery store that you go to, you probably want to use that honey 
not for a traditional. And I know that's taboo, and some people are going to say, well, I've had great success with my, my local stuff. If it's local from an apiary, go for it. If it is somebody that you can trust, that's awesome. If it's a big chain honey or something that is carried in tons of different stores in the U.S., then it probably is not going to do as well for a traditional. They do have a really good result with things like fruited meads, where you are relying on honey to give some, I'll say quality profile, honey profile, because they still have some of that, but you're also allowing the fruit to shine. You're going to be much more happy with the end result of that brew because there's a balance there. You're not totally dependent on this honey character. There's nothing to hide behind when it's a traditional. But if you're making a blueberry mead and you use that honey, that's not bad. Again, if you have the ability, invest in the quality honey ingredients. If you don't have the ability, that doesn't mean don't make mead. <laughs> Just try and use the honey in a way that's going to get the best result. That is going to give you the best overall mead in general. So quality honey is super, super important. Now, of course, I, I didn't learn that lesson necessarily, but I continue to find that lesson more and more important as I invest more and more honey and money into the mead making process. So that's, that's a very important thing. Now, I'm going to kind of switch gears. I don't want this episode to be super, super long. My, my top things for the year for mead making as itself outside of YouTube, quality ingredients, super important. Yeast, choosing the yeast properly makes a, a huge difference in the long run. And with that, knowing the yeast's need, if you are using something like a Kvike, you have to know how to use it. It's a tool. It's literally a sword. And you know, have to know how to swing the sword properly. Otherwise, it doesn't work very well. So use your yeast as a tool, which they can be, if you use them properly. And the last thing is just experimenting and balancing, making mistakes. I'm not going to say I'm actively trying to make mistakes, but when I do, I'm not running around and going, no, I'm so mad that I made that mistake. Other than when I spilled six gallons of my wedding mead. That was, a, that was the only time in my mistakes that I've literally been just outraged. Every other one of them, I'm bummed. But like I look back on it and go, okay, well, I learned that that's what that means. Or that's not necessarily um, the end result I wanted. But here's what I got. So anyways... Mistakes are okay. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about YouTube. The year, super great. I had a lot of fun making videos, and I am still very, very, very inspired to continue to make videos. I have, at this current moment of recording, I've been on break. I wrapped up three or four different videos. I've got a vault of probably 10 or 12 right now that are ready to post, ready to go. And because I've had a break, because um, it's Christmas break, I started a whole slew of things. I started five or six new projects on top of the eight I've already got going on. So I've, I've got 14 different projects happening at this very moment. Videos are, um, those videos will be out in, you know, probably four or five, six months because 
the way YouTube works and how long the process takes, I have to start so many videos in order to continue to do the whole one encapsulating video for a recipe. So I hope that you, when you see the video, when you watch these videos, you go, oh, this this took some time. This was not a two-week venture. This was a two, three, four, five, sometimes a year-long adventure through this process. So I hope you see that. Um, and you know that I'm, I'm putting that time in because I want to make good quality content for you. I started a ton of new recipes and videos and experiments. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy the process. And you'll see a lot of these things coming out. Um, it's... It's interesting because whenever I post a video, often that video has been done for two or three or four months, depending on how ahead of schedule I am. It's a great problem to have. So I I often actually have to go back and rewatch just to make sure I have all of my ducks in a row to go, oh yeah, that's what I did. And that sounds bad, but when you start so many things, it can all be kind of messy. So I've started a ton of new projects. Some of my personal goals for the channel I think I've already said it on my video that I posted about like a 2023 wrap. Um, This is a longer form of that, I guess. I would love to push for 75,000 subscribers and it feels like an outrageous number because right now we're at 57, I think. So that's 18,000 people who will hopefully find the channel and want to subscribe. That'd be super cool. Um, I have an end goal of, of, it'd be so cool to get to 100,000, but as I've learned, uh, you know, the higher the higher the rung I'm going for, sometimes it gets more disappointing when you don't get there. So I'm setting my expectations lower and hoping we'll get there eventually. The Mead community is growing, so I do believe it's possible, but it also requires the help of you guys and hopefully me making quality content that draws people in to this hobby. So I hope that I've made some quality content or will make quality content this year. So 75,000 subscribers. I want to dive deeper with Braggots. I really want to do more with them. I've actually got one going right now behind the camera. Um, it's a, a IPA, a New England IPA Braggot style. I want to do more with it. It's a lot of fun and people enjoy them. I don't do a lot of recipes for that. So that's one I want to do. I want to spend more time with Piments specifically. So I've actually invested some money in, what is it about? I, I found this company that does five gallons of grape juice of whatever grape varietal they have available. Um, some vintages actually for, and they'll freeze it and then they'll ship it to you. So I bought two five gallon pails of different Uh, wine bases essentially and I'm planning on splitting those and doing a wine because I'd like to try to make more wine in general just keep it as it is my wife likes wine so that'd be good for (laughs) for me to be able to invest in that and get better at that and two to get better at piments piments are such an interesting thing they do take time and those recipes that you will eventually see will probably take some time before I do a tasting because they generally tend to just not mellow as quick. So, braggots, piments, big ones. Traditionals, of course, I want to continue to get better at traditional meads. I don't know that there's ever a peak where you're like, I'm perfect at them because every honey's different, every 
year of honey is different, so it's going to be an, a challenge to get really good at it, so to speak. But those are like my three main ones as far as styles to dive into. I, of course, want to just continue to perfect recipes that I've already got going on. I would love to take my recipes and send them off to competitions. I think everybody's goal when you send it off to a competition is to hopefully do well. You know, I'd be lying if I said when I submit to a competition, I am uh, not hoping that that brew does well. I think everybody is. I think it's just the nature of the beast. You want to do well. So I'll continue to invest in the, the recipes I've been doing, sending off to competitions, and just having fun. This channel is so cool to operate. And I, I need to remember that I get caught up in the weeds of numbers, subscribers, um, just views. It's really hard to step back sometimes and go, well, you know, this video that I maybe invested six months, eight months into only racked up X amount of views. It is super easy to get caught in the mindset of that and go, this was not a success. And after hundreds of videos, I, I need to sit back and cling on to the fact that people have enjoyed the content and that you guys are continuing to come back. The people who are continuing to come back to watch the videos, um, you guys are the reason I keep doing this. I'm not saying that I don't want to help one person one time, but I want to continue to entertain, educate, and help the people who want to come back and do more with that. So that's my hope. It's kind of a mindset thing. It's probably a, a very deep thing for me to go into, but there is a lot of mindset control, mindset changing that I have to go through in order to not get stuck in the YouTube rabbit hole, which is watching views and subscribers and things. And it's funny to say that after I have a whole little spiel about, let's get to 75,000 subscribers. Because at the end of the day, again, that's that's just feeding into this numbers game. And it shouldn't be that way. So I hope you hear me say this not as like, a, I'm ooh, I'm better than now. That's, that's not my goal. This is, a, a, I guess, a personal revelation, personal confession of uh, something I struggle with. And so I, I hope that you guys will hear that. Again, not as a, I'm, I'm better than you guys or anything like that. I'm just a dude that makes mead with a platform. And I'm still learning with you guys. I have the luxury of talking to the best mead makers in the world on the Discord. Um, people who want to chat with me from around the world. It's, it is super cool to get to do that. And I never want to use my platform uh, to wield it like a sword going back to earlier, to, to use it for evil. I hope that I'm continuing to help you guys through this process. So if you would like to more easily chat with me, um, not to say you can't use YouTube or email or Facebook, but generally speaking, I am quicker to respond on Discord, which is the an, an app that many of you might know about. It's a, a way for us to chat. There'll be a Discord link below. You can join the Discord and you can find me. Easier to It's easier for me to chat there because it's quicker. I do respond to emails slowly and I do respond to some Facebook things, but I would love to chat with you guys. Again, you are the people who inspire me to do more 
And when I see the successes of my friends on Discord, on Facebook, on all these things, it only pushes me further to go, man, I want to do that. I want to be just like him or her. I want to be able to make mead in the same way they can. So I hope you've enjoyed the podcast from this past year and previous years, obviously. I have some awesome guests lined up coming out very soon, and I hope that you will join me for that um, new year, new amount of people coming in. It's going to be super exciting to see what happens in 2024. I literally have no idea other than I'm going to keep plugging away, keep making more mead, and seeing what happens, letting YouTube uh, just be my guide. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening all of this year, all of previous years. I'll be back with more content for you all, and I hope that you will join that Discord so we can chat more. So thank you guys. I'll see you in the future. Cheers. Cheers.